Tagovailoa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Cologne looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one! Deep left field! That goes Upton! Back near the wall! It's out of here! <laughs> Bartolo has done it! There's only one word that comes to mind. Greatness. What is up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. It is March, and you know what that means. It means college basketball and none other than March Madness. So today, I can't do it alone. Um, I have none other than uh, the biggest Jalen House fan in the world that I know. Um Basketball player himself, uh, Trent Sweeney. Trent, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, except our, our guy Jalen House in the yeah. transfer portal. I'm not not too happy. Me neither. And that's what I think he posted about it on Instagram, too, so it's, like, real, real. But yeah, When he first told me I didn't think it was real, then I saw that. I just, like, thought you were just messing with me. Yeah. All right, so – we got, I mean, what ultimately ends up being 67 games this tournament, if you include the playing games. So let's just get right into it. We're going to start, um, we're going to start at top left with the West region, uh, Gonzaga versus, uh, Norfolk and App State. I don't know if, um, you yourself picked the winner between those 16s, but, uh, I don't know if you have anything meaningful to add to that, uh, to that one. I picked the winner with uh, a couple of those, but I didn't pick that one because, I mean, Gonzaga's going to beat them no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I took – okay, so I did quickly go through that, and I can't say I know a lot about um, the teams in terms of I'm watching them. I do know that uh, Mount St. Mary's has a 5'8 guard that averages 15 a game, so I think I'll be rooting for them. I ended up saying Texas Southern is going to win – but um, ultimately, they're playing for the right to lose to Gonzaga. Gonzaga is going to advance. It's as simple as that there. So then we move into the 8-9 game in the West region. Um, your local Oklahoma Sooners taking on the uh, nine-seeded Missouri Tigers. Yeah, I can't go against Oklahoma. You know that. I mean, it was a kind of a hard 8-9 game to pick, but I have to go, I have to, go to Oklahoma. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think in many regards, two similar teams, and especially in terms of like their resume, I think Oklahoma was, you know, helped on that stretch. They beat Kansas, West Virginia, Texas, Alabama, Missouri. They had big wins over Alabama and Arkansas. I think um, Oklahoma, you know, offensively, they go at the pace of Austin Reeves. Um, for Missouri, they got Drew Smith. I think this is going to be a close game. I don't um, – I don't think this will be a blowout by any means. I think the key to this game, it's going to be uh, the play of Davion Harmon. I think if he can get it going for Oklahoma, um, they can definitely win this game. I think – I keep saying, like, I think. Um, <laughs> Missouri, I, I'd put this one in terms – I put this one at, like, 60-40. I lean uh, Oklahoma, so I am going to take the Sooners to move on. Yeah, Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner. <laughs> Next yeah. – uh, the five seed, uh, Creighton Blue Jays, uh, no controversy to be seen here. Uh, taking on the 12 seed, UC Santa Barbara Gauchos. Yeah, I know a lot of people are going with the Gauchos, which I mean, it's fair, but I think Creighton's going to win. I mean, they're top 15 offense in the nation, and I think they're just a better team overall. They may struggle a little bit, but 
right lately, but I still think they can get it done. Yeah, so my gut reaction was definitely to take Santa Barbara, and I'm going to stick with it, but I'll explain why a little bit. So Creighton, when you kind of get into the metrics, um, they kind of just seem like a better version of um, UCSB. I mean, hence that they're a five seed and UCSB is a 12 seed. Um, there's a lot to like. They got Marcus Zagorowski averaging 15 a game. But then I don't know. There's there's something about these gauchos. They I mean, obviously, you know, they're not playing in a in a super tough conference by any means. But I think Santa Barbara, look, they've won nine of their last 10. And in terms of offensive rates, they're not at Creighton's level. But, um, you know, before you get into the whole adjusted um, based on competition, they they can score. I think Creighton is the better team, but Santa Barbara, they've won nine of the last 10. Creighton, they're coming off that brutal loss to Georgetown. Yeah. I think this is going to be a really good one. Uh, you got that star matchup between Zagorowski and uh, Corey McLaughlin, definitely one of the best names I've heard in college <laughs> basketball this season. I'm rolling with UC Santa Barbara. I think, um, I think they just – if they can be just a little more efficient, I think it's going to be a very close game, and I think a couple buckets can give it to the Gauchos. Oh, yeah, I think they can pull it off. I just I, – I like Creighton. I watched them play Kansas earlier in the year. I haven't really watched much Creighton since. I can't say I have, but – That's the thing about uh, – compared <laughs> to some of the other five seeds, I, I like – I probably like Creighton, you know, the most as a five seed. I think um, – I might have all the 12 seeds winning. I don't know. We'll have to look. <laughs> but – um. I just I don't know something about something about them gauchos. I think part of it might be they have a local member of Tigo, Tigo Miles. Um, but uh, yeah, so then we move on to the four thirteen. We have technically the defending champs, the Virginia Cavaliers. It doesn't really feel like it um, as they take on the Bobcats of Ohio. I I have an upset here. I think Ohio can pull it off. I have some reasons to back it up. I like Jason Preston a lot from Ohio. And then I heard that U, uh, UVA is not traveling to Indy till Thursday, I think. Yeah. I don't know if you heard that. And I think that's going to hurt them a lot because, I mean, they're it's going to be a quick turnaround for them. They're going to have to land Thursday, get one practice in on Friday, or they may, they may practice Thursday and then play on Saturday. Yeah, I, I think, think that's uh... going to hurt them. Yeah, that dynamic is definitely something. And also, um, we, you know, they're not going to be there till Thursday. And we don't know, uh, you know, the availability of some guys aren't going to be there. Um, they were pulled from the ACC tournament, but where that's not necessarily indicative of, you know, maybe three of their guys aren't going to be there. We don't, we don't really know right now. So um, I go back and forth on this one. I think players to watch Ohio, you're looking at Jason Preston. He's stud, uh, averaging six, nearly 17 points a game, seven assists per game, uh, nearly seven rebounds per game. Um, I'm not a Virginia fan by any means, but I always got to show love to the short guys. I'm a fan of Kihei Clark, 5'9", beautiful ball handler. But um, I think the quarantine for Virginia definitely hurts. But when they're at full strength, you know they always come at you with that pesky defense. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tall yeah. task to stop Preston, but I think if they're able to somewhat neutralize him, uh, they can definitely make a run. Ohio, they've been playing good basketball when it matters, and this will be the contrast of Virginia playing their you know snails pace offense versus 
Ohio running that up tempo. So I think for Ohio to win this game, they really need to execute it and get out ahead, make um, make Virginia play at their pace and speed it up. Because that's where, I mean, really any team in that style, it's going to hurt them. And especially a team that only had a couple of days of practice. With all of that being said, I trust Virginia's defense to make some plays um, in the end. So I will be taking the Virginia Cavaliers to advance. Although if, you know, we did this uh, uh, bowl season confidence style, I would not put my confidence high is how I would say it. I took Ohio a little bit because, I mean, they played Illinois tough back in the beginning of the year, but Illinois is at full strength and they still played them tough. I think that just proves they can play with teams of that caliber. Yeah, I think no, no doubt. I don't know what the spread is on that one. That's going to be, that's going to be a good game. Oh, yeah. Next, we have uh, number six, USC Trojans against uh, the 11 seed, the playing game between Wichita State and Drake. Did you um, pick a winner between those? I, two? I did pick a winner on this one. I, I, I took Drake. I Drake with their leading scorer back. I forgot his name, but I know he's back. I just think they'll just take care of Wichita. I mean, I've I, watched uh, Wichita play Tulsa, but. I also took Drake. Um, I believe Shanquan Hempho. I think that's his name. <laughs> Beautiful, yeah. phenomenal name. Um, so yeah. you and I both have USC versus Drake. Yes. Um, we and are you taking Drake over USC? Oh no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm taking USC. I think the Mobleys are just gonna be too much for to handle but whatever the spread is i think it's gonna be a close game i think drake will cover the spread because i think it's gonna be a close game yeah but, i mean i think uh usc their pesky team for sure i mean when you have seven foot all-american possible you know top pick in the draft um it's gonna be a lot to stop for um a mid-major team like drake um and drake i mean it doesn't you know a team like drake you wouldn't think they got the at large but they lost their conference tournament and still got in. And I think yeah. um, that speaks to some of the success they were having throughout the year. Um, Going to need a big game from that, as we alluded to, Shanquan Hempel, uh, averaged 14, 14.6 rebounds in the 20 games he did play. USC, they've been up and down, I think. Um, you know, when Evan Mobley's on, they're a really hard team to be, especially the Pac-12 tournament. They weren't perfect, but Evan Mobley, he was damn near perfect. Uh, I was looking through. It looks like Darnell Brody will probably be, have to be the main guy guarding him. He's going to have to be on his A game. But with that, I think USC, it's more than just Mobley, uh, Tajidi. He uh, he can definitely score some buckets. I think this game can go deep. I think Drake can push him to the limit. But ultimately, I think the Trojans are going to rely on uh, good defense, their uh, size turning into good offense. So I did take USC begrudgingly is how yeah. I would Drake's 19 and one with whatever his name is. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of scary, but. I Definitely. I think, um, and I mean, I mean, it's USC. It doesn't, it doesn't matter yeah. in any context. USC always <laughs> has that, you know, possibility to choke. It's just yeah. how it is. Um, next we have, we got number three, Kansas also uh, with their COVID concerns, taking on Eastern Washington, the 14 seed in this region. Yeah, I got to go with Kansas. Their talent's just better than Eastern Washington, even though Kansas won't have Jalen Wilson. And I think McCormick's playing. I've seen both. 
But if McCormick's playing, I don't think it's going to be a I mean, it could be a close game. I just still think Kansas is just going to come on top. Oh, interesting. I didn't hear about Jalen Wilson. That yeah, you didn't hear you didn't hear about Jalen Wilson. I they saw said... I I saw Bill Self say like yesterday or two days ago that um, someone wasn't traveling, but I didn't see it was Jalen Wilson. Yeah, they so. said Jalen Wilson's not, not not traveling with the team for the beginning of the first game. Well, I'll definitely have to rewrite some of my some of this <laughs> write up that you'll see on the blog, but um. Nonetheless, I think I am also still rocking with the Jayhawks. Um, availability, I mean, obviously, you know, with down Jalen Wilson, they're not going to be at full strength. Uh, Eastern Washington, they have a real threat in Tanner Groves. He's averaging 16 a game and eight rebounds. Um, they need uh, David McCormick, I think. I mean, as we get deeper into this, he's going to be the key for them to make a deep run, especially with um, their path forward. Eastern Washington, they're not um, – you know, they, they play at a quick pace. They're a run-and-shoot kind of team. They've been shooting the ball really well. Kansas, not an elite offensive team, um, but they definitely have guys that can get it done, and I think they can, you know, play that good team defense. Maybe Eastern Washington will go on a little run to give them a little bit of a scare. Um, they have they have won 13 in their last 14, but I am going to rock with the Jayhawks. Yeah, and Kansas was hot. They were heating up at the end of the year, and then they got – Pulled it from the big filter of COVID issues. Yeah, Kansas was definitely peaking at the right time. You hate to you hate to see the COVID yeah. concerns, which I think uh, I saw. I got some notification. I didn't read the article, but that um, Louis, like they, all the teams are cleared. Like we, Louisville's not there. Yeah, um, field of six days should be good. So that's a relief. Um, next we have we got the seven and ten in this region. Uh, Oregon, the Ducks versus VCU. Yeah, I was going back and forth at the beginning, and then I figured out VCU's leading scorer, uh, Highland. He's uh, banged up and he's injured, so I just kind of took Oregon. I just think they're going to be the better team. They're going to come out firing and then just run the table in this game. Yeah, I actually – I did not hear that about Highland. That definitely further strengthens my pick. Uh, Oregon, they were the regular season Pac-12 champs but lost in uh, prior to the conference championship – VCU, they lost to the Bonnies of St. Bonaventure in their conference championship, but did get the uh, or the at-large bid. Uh, Oregon there, I mean, a lot of guys that can hurt you. I'll single out a guy that I hated ASU playing. That's LJ Figueroa. Um, he went dancing with St. John's before he transferred to Oregon for this season. Scored 12.3 points, uh, has about six rebounds a game. Iron sharpens iron this matchup. Oregon has a high-powered offense. VCU has a tough defense. Um, Oregon isn't necessarily – the metrics don't say that they're a phenomenal defensive team, but they're super athletic. They're running essentially five wings out there. It's guys like – you know, it's mainly 6'4 to 6'8, uh, the guys you'll see there. Uh, VCU, they run on Highland, and especially if he's hurt, uh, I, I think Oregon can buy in and shut that down. And really, I think one of the underrated teams when it comes to March in terms of their success is the Oregon Ducks. So um, yeah. will that culminate in more this year? You'll find out in a little bit, but I am taking Oregon over VCU. I mean, Highland, Highland's playing. It's just he's not 100%, which scares me. Yeah. Um, hard to hard to win a game like that without your top player um, yeah. at full strength, for sure. 
Uh, last round of 64 in this region, we have uh, number two seed Iowa Hawkeyes against Grand Canyon. Yeah, I'm taking Iowa. <laughs> I mean, this is the easiest 2-15 game for me to choose. But, I mean, Iowa – I mean, not, Grand Canyon has the size for a mid-major. But I just – I don't think they can beat Iowa. That's <laughs> That's the one thing when you look at them, which it's surprising. Like, I feel like maybe maybe this is uh, discriminating against mid-majors, but usually you think of them running on, you know, undersized guys and just getting there on, like, shooting and stuff. Grand Canyon, yeah. they they have a pair of about seven-footers. They have uh, Asborn Midgard <laughs> as well as um, Alessandro Levern. I mean, they're no slouches. Uh Midgard, uh, the Denmark native, averaged uh, 14 points per game and 9.9 rebounds, shot 70% from the field. But ultimately, that's a seven-footer go, you know, in a Grand Canyon division uh, yeah. in the in the WAC versus uh, the likely National Player of the Year, Luca Garza, who's averaging 20, you know, 23 and eight. Um, yeah. I think maybe I understand why some people are like, oh, they have the size. Um, size doesn't equate to stopping Luca Garza, is what I would say. <laughs> um, I, I actually, I don't know if you know this, Grand Canyon, one of uh, Jalen House's former high school teammates, one of his good friends, Javon Blackshear. He's, he's a crafty guard for GCU. Um, with that being said, I think this is uh, definitely an Iowa victory now into the round of 32. Uh, okay, so we'll stick in the West region. We'll go all the way um, through the Elite Eight here before we move on. So both you and I have um, Gonzaga versus Oklahoma in the round of 32. My heart wants me to go with Oklahoma, but it's not going to happen. I, <laughs> it'll be a close game because I mean, Oklahoma has proved they can play with good teams. But I, the Zags are going to be too much for them. Yeah, I Jaylen's think – um, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying Jalen Suggs and all the and companies just too hard to stop. Yeah, I think where Gonzaga really becomes a game-breaker um, against a team like Oklahoma is uh, – I mean, you already have the firepower of a guy like Jalen Suggs, and then they have, you know, Drew Timmy at 6'10", against a team that um, doesn't really have a legitimate uh, interior threat on either side. Um what a, I mean, it's kind of same case You for Oklahoma to win this game um, as they do the round before and for them to make any kind of run. It's Davion Harmon. He's the key. Um, you know, Austin Reeves is that is the primary scorer and, you know, star player. Um, but Reeves needs to be the one or uh, rather Harmon needs to be the one making plays if they want to win. I think, you know, Gonzaga, their top 10, in, you know, offensively and defensively, all five of their guys can go off. And OU, I just don't really see how they're going to be able to stop um, Gonzaga in the paint. So, I mean, I hate to say it to you, Trent Sweet, but <laughs> I, I, I'm taking the Zags. Someone to watch out for Oklahoma is Elijah Harkless. He's he's a good shooter, and he could be a game changer for Oklahoma, though, if they want to compete in this game. Like you said, Devon Harmon, but I think Elijah Harkless is someone to watch out for, too. Gotcha. Okay, so this next one, I think we have um, opposite matchups. I have Santa Barbara and Virginia, but I believe you have the opposite. I have the exact opposite, yeah. So you have uh, Clayton <laughs> versus 
the Bobcats of Ohio. <laughs> yeah, I think Ohio's Cinderella run here stops here. <laughs> this is not going to get past around a 32. I just think Creighton just has the experience and the firepower to beat Ohio. I mean, Jason Preston. I see it like being, what was it, two years ago where Murray State beat Marquette, and then we were just like, everybody was riding the John Morant train, and then he just got <laughs> swept up by Florida State the next game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jason Preston and John Rainer are on two different levels. I just still think it's – I could see something like that. Yeah, no, no. I definitely <laughs> um, understand what you mean. So, I have Santa Barbara and Virginia, and I'm living life on the wild side. My Cinderella team is going to keep going, I think. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is about these gauchos, but um, I'm a big fan. I think um, they're going to need – they're going to need to play good defense. They're going to have to keep, you know, take care of the ball. Virginia, you can't afford to turn the ball over. They're going to need, I mentioned him, San Diego zone, Miles Norris. He's 6'10". He's kind of their big guy, even though I wouldn't say he plays like a big man necessarily. They need him to hold his own in the paint. Um, and so Virginia, I mean, I'm going to keep saying it. You, you expect them. You're getting a hard nose, good defense, slow pace. That's just the staple of what you're getting from Virginia basketball. You're in, you know, depending, you know, who is on the court. It does, you know, it doesn't matter who's in out. That's how. That's what you're going to see. Santa Barbara, they're not necessarily a high pace offense, but um, I think with the Virginia code effects lingering, without you know necessarily knowing um, who's available and how um, they respond after. I mean, they, they're, they'd they be coming right after a, what I think will be a tough game against Ohio. Um, I'm not really sure what we're going to be getting from Virginia. I gave them the benefit of the doubt in the previous round. But Ja'Cory McLaughlin and, uh, and the Gauchos of UC Santa Barbara, they've been playing really good basketball. So I think they're going to be my Cinderella into the Sweet 16. Um, maybe not my only one, but my my Cinderella in this region. So I do have the 12 seed Gauchos moving on. I mean, I like that pick. Andrew. Go big or go home. Go big or go <laughs> home. Why not? Uh, Got to represent Southern California. Next, or speaking of Southern California, uh, we both have USC and Kansas, the six versus three game. This game is difficult to pick for me. It was a coin flip. Because if Jalen Wilson comes back for this game, it's a game changer for me. I don't know if it is for you. Because, I mean, I think Jalen Wilson, Kansas with Jalen Wilson, is a whole different team than Kansas without Jalen Wilson. I mean, it was a coin flip. I think USC will choke this game somehow, some way, even if Jalen Wilson isn't playing. So I'm going to go with Kansas. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, like as evident by earlier, I didn't even know that Jalen Wilson wasn't going to be available. So that's definitely, um, or he, he, I knew someone wasn't, but I didn't know it was him. Um, the key matchup in this one, look, when you have Evan Mobley on the court, I mentioned it earlier, David McCormick. Sure. Not, you know, I think to ask to, you know, stop. Evan Mobley, you know, I don't know if that's something that is, you know, it's easier said than done, but he needs to play well in the paint. Um, he needs to be able to at least neutralize Mobley, force them to get other looks. And for USC, those other looks are Tajidi, the 6-2 perimeter threat. He averaged almost 14 points per game during the regular season. Definitely, I mean, the argument for USC stands with um, the possible absence of Jalen Wilson and the COVID concerns with Kansas. 
but uh, I, I think Kansas, they're, they're a lot deeper than what USC is in the sense that I think there are more guys um, that can make a play versus uh, if you go deep into USC's 10 or so. I think USC still has some talent past Mobley and Edie, but, you know, I think they need the other Mobley brother, Isaiah. They need him to perform, uh, and they need to use that size to get their offense running. I think that's how USC is going to make a run in this tournament is turn good defense into offense. I think Kansas, you could say, you know, the formula is pretty similar as they they ranked uh, six in adjusted defense on Kempom. It's an even matchup, but ultimately I'm not I'm not uh, going to take USC if I'm not very confident in them, and I'll gladly root against them. So I will be taking the Kansas Jayhawks. Jayhawks have only lost one game since the Tulsa native Bryce Thompson came back, and I think he could be an X factor in this game too. Yeah, I mean, you know, that Tulsa factor, I think, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think we, I think we need to get that globalized. I think people need to realize uh, what you get out of the Tulsa area. <laughs> um, okay, so then the last round of 32 in this region, we have the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Oregon Ducks. I'm going to go with Iowa. I think this game will be closer than some people think because, I mean, Oregon just – that team that I think can make this game closer. But I just think Iowa's too strong for them. And the shooters with around Luca Garza, Luca Garza is just that man. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's all you really need to say. That's the kind of impact Luca had. <laughs> I think Oregon, really against almost any other two, I would be yeah. super excited. Like, I think, because, no, you know, I guess I, I don't against know. Alabama? I, I'm not, I don't, it's a hypothetical, so I'm not <laughs> saying I would take them necessarily, but I think um, against uh, all the other twos don't have the size and have, you know, a Luka Garza, but they just don't match up well with uh, Iowa at all. I think they can maybe stick with them for a little bit. You know, I think Oregon, they can, they can shoot at a pretty prolific clip when they're on, but ultimately, I mean, the biggest guy you're probably going to see out there is uh, Eugene uh, Omarui. Omarui? I think I think that's how you say it. <laughs> I think, and he's like, I think he's six six. He's he's a f- fine player, you know, averaging almost averaging seventeen six, yeah. points. But I don't know if that's gonna do it if you're guarding Luca Garza. So Oregon, it's a very narrow path forward. They're gonna have to be nearly perfect in terms of shooting, and even if they do find a way to stop Luca Garza, it's gonna have to be a collective effort, and that's gonna leave uh, wings open for. Uh, Iowa because in Iowa the thing is you have Luca Garza they're also surrounded with shooters around him he's not just a one-man wrecking crew by any means so maybe it'll be close in the half but I definitely think Iowa will pull away so then uh, we're, we're at our sweet 16 we um our bottom half is the same our top half is slightly different I have Gonzaga at UCSB you have Gonzaga and Creighton Yes, I do have Gonzaga and Creighton. I think the Gonzaga-Oklahoma game will be closer in this game. <laughs> uh, I think Gonzaga will run away with this game by double digits. I just don't think it will be close. Yeah, I mean, I just, we have – The talent levels. We, Corey yeah, Crisper, that, Timmy, it's just – Yeah, sorry. Um, I think – I mean, we have different matchups here. You have – you. I have Santa Barbara who probably – I mean, doesn't have. I mean, they don't have the talent of a great team. That's kind of the whole idea of like an upset and them being yeah. lower seated. I think 
maybe they can play for a little bit, but come the second half, it's going to be hard for them to not be worn down after. I mean, Virginia is going to take it all out of them. I think it's going to take a lot to win that game, beating Creighton. And uh, they don't, they have some size, but I mean, like I said, uh, I don't, I wouldn't call Miles Norris the typical kind of big man action to stop um, a guy like Drew Timmy. So I think they'll end up uh, as much as I think it would be really cool to see uh, Corey McLaughlin and uh, the Gauchos head to the Elite Eight. I don't think Gonzaga is going to be taken down by a team that is so inferior in talent. So Gonzaga, Elite Eight. And then we got our, the other Sweet 16, Iowa Hawkeyes and the three-seed Kansas Jayhawks. I I want to go Kansas. I mean, I'm I'm kind of a Kansas fan. I'm a Big 12 fan, if that makes sense. <laughs> but, I mean, McCormick versus Garza is going to be a really good matchup in this game. I mean, no, one's gonna, no one can stop Garza, but I think McCormick can make it a fight. I just think Iowa will take care of business in this game. It's, I mean, Marcus Garrett, if Marcus Garrett plays like a point guard, I think it could be an X factor in this game. And of course, Jalen Wilson's back. But other than that, I just think I was too strong for them. I, uh, my initial pick when I was just filling out my bracket the first time was Kansas. Um, but I'm just, I think Iowa, what they possess in Luca Garza, I think that's going to be a really good matchup. I think, I mean, David McCormick, I, when you say that this run is very much on his back, he has to go, I mean, second round, he's getting Evan Mobley, and then he, uh, you know, then here with Iowa, he's going to get Luca Garza before getting, you know, Drew Timmy in the lead eight if they were to win. Talk about uh, brutal. So I think um, I think McCormick can definitely, um, you know, get something done on Luca. but then you got to look at the perimeter guys for Iowa to get stuff done. Joe Weiskamp, he shooting nearly 50% from three on the year, uh, almost 15 points. You got this another iron sharpens iron, uh, Iowa top 10 offense, Kansas top 10 defense. Um, Iowa really, they need to, they need to be able to shoot well on the perimeter. Like I just said, I mentioned Joe Weiskamp. They need to be able to shoot well. Um, they were bad against Wisconsin. They were two of 20 and I, then they were slightly below their usual mark against Illinois and the big 10 champion or big 10 semifinals. I don't, I think they're a better team than that in terms of shooting. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't expect a 10%. Um, but they, they do need to get that done. Cause the thing about Kansas, um, they have that experience uh, backcourt. It's just a matter of can they pace the shooters of Iowa and I'm, I'm hesitant to say that they will, so I am taking Iowa and going with the chalk move for the Elite Eight. Yeah, no argument there. Definitely. I mean, I think, I think I'll, I'll be rooting for Kansas in that situation. <laughs> um, but I was just strong. So with all that, we have our Elite Eight, the uh, regional final between Gonzaga and Iowa. The rematch. They already played once this year. The rematch, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Gonzaga did come on top, but I'm going with Iowa in this game. But, I mean, Luca Garza last time they played had 30. I just think Jordan Bohannon, is that how you say his name? Yeah. You know what I'm talking? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to be an X factor in this game because last time they played, he shot like a one for nine, one for 10. I think if he plays well, I think Iowa can come out on, to on top of this game. But, I mean, they just got to slow down Suggs and 
Timmy and Kispert, and then you can beat Gonzaga. I mean, no one has beat Gonzaga yet, but I think Iowa has the talent to beat Gonzaga. I definitely think uh, this will be a good game. Their first matchup, uh, Gonzaga had the 11-point victory, and I think if you watched, I mean, it was pretty, you know, about midway, maybe three-quarters into the first half. Gonzaga was kind of pulling a win. It didn't ever feel like Iowa was going to be quite able to catch up. And, yeah, uh, Jordan Bohannon, he was one of eight from the field, 0 of five from three. Well, Jalen Suggs had a superstar performance, 27 points shot, uh, seven of of 10 from three. Obviously, I think Suggs would like to replicate that. Bohannon wants to improve on that. Uh, but what I, what I think you got to look at from that first matchup, Gonzaga won. But Luca, he still went for 30 and 10. And the Hawkeyes, as a team, they shot a horrendous 18.2% from three, meaning they'll have to shoot a lot closer to that 38% average to win. Wise Campbell, Hannah, and Frederick, they need to be efficient and smart in their shots because the way to beat Gonzaga is not going to be coming from behind. And an interesting note from that game, Luca, he did nab 10 boards, but Gonzaga guard Joel, uh, is it Ayaye? Yeah. Uh, had yeah, I think 18 so. rebounds, 6 5 18, 18 rebounds. In that rebounds. Game? Yeah. And they, they ended up winning the board battle uh, handily. Iowa can't get thrown around on the boards. They need to have Gonzaga take one shot per possession and go, or else it'll get ugly fast. I think the Hawkeyes have the resource to knock off uh, Gonzaga. But I love Jalen Suggs like a lot, and I think I think he's gonna have a game similar to when they matched up in December. Keep that NBA stock just going through the roof, um, and I'm I'm taking the Zags to the Final Four for this region. I think Iowa can compete with Gonzaga better than any team in March Madness though, in this 64-68 bracket. I I agree. Um, I think I think Illinois would be an interesting matchup. It but I also, yeah. um, I think, I definitely think it'd be Iowa and Illinois matching up. Yeah. Okay, so we now move on. We have our winner from the West region. Uh, I, you know, got, I have the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll get into the East. And I have Iowa. Yeah, same elite eight, uh, different winner. I don't know if you picked uh, Mount St. Mary or Texas Southern, but the winner of that game will face off with Michigan. The short kings of Mount St. Mary's. Short kings of Mount St. Mary's. <laughs> no, uh, no. I took Michigan. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no point of wasting any time. I think honestly, the, the way you could look at it is, is, is if there were any one seed that I'd pick to get upset, it'd be Michigan without uh, Isaiah Livers, but it's not happening. Um, no, yeah, it's, it's not happening. Pen, pencil them in for the 32. So we'll move on to honestly, I don't know if I'd say my favorite, but I think one of the most polarizing games of this tournament, and that is the uh, LSU Tigers against the St. Bonaventure Bonnies, the eight versus nine game. If you can't guess who I picked here. <laughs> <laughs> My boy turned in a walk for <laughs> Cam, you know, Trenton Walker, Cam Thomas, and Javante Smart. It's, it's just going to be too much. I mean, I know their defense is horrendous. I mean, you could take my little brother and three chairs and me out there and play, play better defense than they do, but I just – Think there's the offense is gonna be too much. I mean, the Bonnies are a balanced team, but I just don't think Lofton at home is gonna get it done. 
So I their starting lineups just between their starting lineup and their bench was a big drop off. So that's what I was gonna say. That's my primary concern about the Bonnies is that they basically go. I mean, like their starters play most of the game. They go, you know, maybe seven deep, which is definitely concerning against the fast paced LSU. Um, you know, high-tempo offense. But at the same time, LSU, I think um, they played really well in the conference tournament, but they uh, they were really so-so, I think, in the second half of the season versus uh, Sam Bonaventure. They've been playing really good basketball and just won their conference tournament. So I, I would definitely uh, plan on taking the over, I think. Uh, you know, LSU scores a lot of points. LSU gives up a lot of points. But I, I just – it might not be this round. Maybe maybe it'll be next round against Michigan. But I think LSU ceiling, when, when you're not getting stops defensively, I think it's limited. You can score you know, a lot of points, but if you're giving it right back, um, I definitely have my questions. I definitely also just don't like LSU myself. Like, I think <laughs> as a fan of Alabama, I definitely am not a fan of LSU. Definitely not a fan of Trenton Watford. Um, I think I speak for most Alabama fans. In the end, I just – I like the balance of the Bonnies. Um, I think – you know, I think they have a number of guards that can do it. Uh, Kyle Lofton, not to be confused with Kenny Lofton, of course. Um, they got Holmes as well. I, um, I'm riding the wave of the same Bonaventure Bonnies to move on to the next round. I – Hey, if LSU steps to their defense, I think they can make a deep run just a little bit. Just play a little bit of defense. I think yeah, they can I make think, a bigger run. I think if LSU plays, I mean, like maybe at, like almost average defense, I, I think they're a decent team. Like, here, let me I, – I didn't actually look at it. LSU is, I mean, they're 125th <laughs> in Ken Palm defense. They're, they're fifth in offense. It's like it's legit. But like, if you go through this list, it's like it's all like the high. I feel like the highest you're seeing any teams on either side in this top thirty is maybe around like sixty, and then you just have one twenty-five. Yeah, for my NBA fans, they're the Dallas Mavericks, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So then next, another good game. I, I think this. I'm not necessarily, I don't think this is necessarily the strongest region, but I would say the most intriguing region. Um, we have the Colorado Buffaloes and uh, 12 seed Georgetown. Hey, you want to go first on this game? Sure. Uh, <laughs> because I've been stuck on this game for the past two days. I've been going back and forth. Honestly, I think um, I see the appeal of one side. But ultimately, um, I I like Colorado a little more because Georgetown they've played phenomenal basketball. I mean, it's they they killed Creighton in that final game. They just went absolutely crazy in the conference tournament when they had I mean no chance of any at large bid. Um, they they're definitely not the kind of I mean I don't know if you ever want to see a twelve seed being like a five or a six sucks in this tournament. Yeah. Um. They look. They have some size, and they um they have been efficient from three. But as as a Pac-12 fan, watching him play for four years and just terrorizing McKinley Wright, he is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, definitely, I think a name not necessarily all of the country 
is familiar with for what he's been doing. I think uh, he's in his fourth year. I think he's been all Pac-12 first team three times, something crazy like that. Um, his numbers don't even like tell the whole story this year. He's at, he's averaging, you know, a modest, uh, 15 a game with nearly six assists and four rebounds. He's, he's just phenomenal. And then they have some good wings that can get it done. Uh, Jariah Horn, as Bowen would say, uh, Horn plus the E, uh, as well as I think, uh, defensively, he's not necessarily, uh, their best offensive weapon, but Eli Parquet did a really good job of taking, uh, Taj Edie out of the semifinal game for the Pac-12. I think Colorado can hunker down. Georgetown, they're running a lot on adrenaline. They, you know, they really weren't good for most of the season. They found their footing and have been running with it. But I think Colorado does humble them, slows them down. And in a popular 12 over five, I will be taking the unpopular five. Question or trivia. Trivia. Where, where did Jeremiah Horn go before Colorado? Uh, let's see. So I don't know this, but using my context clues, I'm going to guess Tulsa. Yes, he did. <laughs> he was at Tulsa last year. Phenomenal. Hey, Tulsa was going to be a t- tournament team last year, but uh, continue on to <laughs> this. Uh, I have a couple reasons why I picked this game. One of the reasons probably isn't a good reason. <laughs> But I'm going to go ahead and spoil the rest of my bracket. I did not have a 5-12 pick, so I kind of had to go with this one. Because I feel like if I don't have a 5-12 pick, I'm just going to go crazy. So that's one of the reasons why I picked this game. And Georgetown just has a lot of momentum. I, I'm a big fan of momentum. Me playing basketball myself, momentum is a big part of basketball. And I, I love their story. I just think they can beat Colorado. even. Like just one bad game from McKinley Wright, which I mean I don't think he's I don't think he's had a bad game much this year, but I just think Georgetown has momentum to win this game and Patrick Ewing, and maybe Patrick Ewing suits up somehow I don't know. Yeah, but I just I just want to pick Georgetown in this game. No, there's definitely a lot to like about Georgetown. I get it. I feel like it's one of those. I I feel like for some of them, uh, I think I also feel this with um. Uh, Virginia with how I picked the Virginia Ohio game it's just one of those things how for me like when I'm picking a bracket there are certain like chalk upsets that I just try to like steer from you know yeah and I also uh Javon Blair I think if he has a big game I just think Georgetown can win this game I definitely think this will be a very entertaining game I I I think this whole region is going to be entertaining I don't know if it's the best I don't I, I not to spoil it, I don't have the champion out of this region, but um, I think there's a lot to like. I think this is the first game of Saturday, so this would be a good game to wake up to, and eat breakfast, and then watch this game. Yeah, honestly, it's kind of it, it's nice to have them Friday, Saturday, so I can actually like, be doing school, but especially like being like online for school, it's like it's gonna be so nice for get you know a week a weekday game. I'm going to be able to, you know, just have another tab open, uh, have the TV on, and just I'm set. Mm-hmm. I'm going to miss watching basketball. Basketball at school, though, is just a different different feeling. That is true. Watching, <laughs> watching March Madness at school is hype. Yeah, it is very hype. Well, it's like you have that one cool teacher. I mean, it doesn't, like, at, at any, like, grade level, from elementary school to high school, like, you always have that one – cool teacher that um you can watch it with for sure that oh. and also like i remember um 
I was streaming the year that uh, Loyola Chicago went on their run. I was streaming. I think Miami was like the sixth seed they beat, and they beat them on like a buzzer beater. Yeah. Uh, that I was streaming on my phone in history class, and I feel like I stood up, and everyone was just really confused. <laughs> <laughs> my my school when Trey Young played Trey Young Oklahoma played Rhode Island. I remember I skipped out on one of my classes to watch that game with my history teacher. <laughs> You know, I actually also I also remember that I I think I was in PE during that game. That's the kind of thing yeah. sports does. I mean, you you just remember stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, back to the bracket. Uh, we got the four thirteen matchup. The uh, Florida State Seminoles I feel like they're every year like a four seed. Um, oh, for sure. <laughs> taking on UNC Greensboro. I hold on. I'd have to go with FSU in this game. But I think – what's his name? Isaiah Miller. Is that, is that his name from UNC yes. Greensboro? Yeah. yeah. I think if he has a big game, this game could be closer than what people expect. But I just think Florida State gets it done easily or hard, easily. I don't know. just depends on what Isaiah Miller does for Greensboro. Now I'm just going to go with Florida State on this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not one to say that. I really know a lot about – uh, like deep into either of these teams, I will say, I think as we go and you'll be able to see uh, that I was able to put in a lot more of my, uh, at least writing into uh, the Western region so far. But UNC Greensboro, I definitely, I think Florida State is has been the consensus pick for a lot of people. But UNC Greensboro does have Isaiah Miller. Um, they, you know, they're aggressive. They definitely, you know, press, press tempo kind of on both sides. They need a. They really need to uh, be able to take advantage. Get I. I. They're top twenty in the nation in forcing opponent turnovers. They need to keep that up um, and be able to run in transition because they're not necessarily one of the better shooting teams. Uh, then you got Florida State and Florida State, uh, kind of similar uh, in terms of always having some level of consistency. Like Virginia, is there always going to be a team that's just like super long? And they'll have a deep bench full of like 10 guys and their leading scorer will be off the bench. Oh yeah. Um, which I mean, th- this year, I think, uh, you know, they got, they have Scotty Barnes who um, I think maybe would expect a little bit more out of that. Um, uh, I just had, they, a, always, they always just find a way to, they just, they make always make a big run somehow, some way. And I, and I think, I mean, MJ Walker, I think he's one of the better players in the country that doesn't get, that kind of recognition, you know, senior stuck it out. I think, I mean, this could be a close game, but um, ultimately I'm taking Florida State. They always find a way. Oh, yeah. And then, so next we have BYU versus the 11 matchup of Michigan State and UCLA. Did you pick the 11? I did, but I don't have much context in it. I just picked Michigan State because I watched the US UCLA game this year and it's horrendous. So I had to go with Michigan State. <laughs> I think it's definitely, I mean, I think in most years you'd be so confused to see oh, yeah. UCLA, MSU in the play-in game. I think you'd expect to see them in the Elite Eight Final Four. Um, yeah. I, took, I took Michigan State. I think it's a weird matchup. Michigan State, they've been really up and down, and they're deep, but, like, not – they don't they're not necessarily consistent throughout their bench. Mm-hmm. But, you, I, I don't know, UCLA, uh, I think – they had a lot of good breaks go their way during the season. Uh, MSU ups and downs. They closed out the regular season strong with big wins. Uh, 
I, I think a guy to look for to, to get them there is Rocket Watts. He um exciting, well, exciting player. Uh definitely up and down in and out of the starting lineup. But if he can have a game like I believe he scored 21 against Michigan uh in their win, I think if he can perform like that, they can beat UCLA and play their way into the field of 64. Rocket Watts. What a what a name. You're gonna have a name ranking. The matchup at point guard, or at least when Rocket is in, is Tiger Campbell versus Rocket Watts. That's a great name battle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I've been working for a while on doing a MLB nickname list. I might have to do a March Madness just name list. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got Tiger, Rocket, Ja'Cory, uh, <laughs> Shanquan. What's not to love? You got the Illinois duo or Illinois uh, AO I something. He's a really cool name. Yeah, and then Kofi. I you know don't we don't want to know. Let's not go there. Kofi. Um, Yeah, Kofi. Kofi cool itself. Okay, so we will both we both have uh, BYU and Michigan State. I and then from here I have BYU on top of this game. I. They competed with the best team in the nation in their last game they played, and I think the backcourt of Barcelo and Avert can just lead them to this victory. And adding on uh, Matt Harms, is that his name? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Matt. He hit double. He averages double double, which is hard not to pick. But they have all this talent. Yeah, I definitely will say. I mean, myself, I think. I, I haven't watched a lot of BYU, and maybe that can lead to some uh, ignorance on them. I think this is going to be a really good game. Um, oh, yeah, BYU, for sure. BYU definitely, uh, they have that backcourt of uh, Barcelona Averett. Uh, Harms, who transferred from Purdue, everyone thought he was like a, a Kentucky lock, I want to say. You know, he he 7'3", uh, ridiculous. They definitely have a legitimate size. Meanwhile, Michigan State, not necessarily the biggest uh, team in the country, but um, the Spartans, I, I don't know what it is about them. This is one of those where I'm just kind of feeling a feeling. And Michigan State, for all their ups and downs, uh, I think they have as much talent as almost uh, any team in the country. So I, I've gone really back and forth on this one, but I think. I think I'm going to say Rocket Watts, Joey Hauser. Um, I think they make plays. I think I think Michigan State advances at least to the round of 32. I'm not sure. I mean, you'll hear in a second if I really am willing to take him any farther. I don't know if I will. Um, but I think they pull it out. I, I definitely think the argument for BYU is a lot stronger. But these two, both the two playing teams have that pedigree and talent, so I am going to take the risk on them and take MSU. I mean, MSU has a 27-year-old man on their team, too, so yeah, that helps. So, <laughs> I mean, I was trying to look. Um, I, you're talking about Langford, I would assume. Yeah. So he – I think is he a fifth year with uh, – after like missing eight. a year? Is He's like that, an eight-year. <laughs> look at this. Langford – so he he's a, he's listed as a senior, but okay, no. So it is only his fourth like season of playing, 
But the thing is, he didn't play at all in 2019, 2020, and he only played 13 games in yeah. uh, 2018 after he played every single game in uh, the previous two years. So, oh. weird. Definitely super no weird. No hate towards him, though. He's, he's a good player. Yeah, no hate. Who, I mean, look, <laughs> who wouldn't want to Who wouldn't want to be at Michigan State for eight years? I, I know I would love to. I, um, I bet you we, <laughs> we know someone that want to be there, too. <laughs> um, moving on, we have uh, the Big 12 tournament champs, number three, uh, Texas. Uh, I was about to say Texas. Texas. Texas um, and then Abilene Christian. I just think. I got to go with Texas on this one, but it's going to be a good game, I think. ACU has been battling with some good teams this year. They lost Arkansas by 13, lost Texas Tech by 7. I just think Andrew Jones, Matt Coleman, Ramey, all them, they're just – the Texas squad just too much, and I hate Texas, but I just have to pick them. But, hey, ACU can make this game a scare for Texas. Yeah, there's definitely uh, some to like for uh, Abilene Christian there. One of – the better defensive teams in the country period they're uh they're top 30 in terms of defensive efficiency as a whole uh top of their conference they uh perimeter defense wise they um they can definitely ball out and then uh you know turn some of that into offense i think uh texas they, they played really well in the big 12 tournament to close it out ultimately I just think they got some more talent um, compared to this Abilene Christian team, but I think they can give them at least a little bit of scare. I think Jericho Sims can take the top off by the end and Texas will um, move on. Yeah. Then we got the seven versus 10, the Yukon Huskies and the Maryland Terrapins. I'm going to go with Yukon on this one. I just think UConn's defense is going to be the X factor in this game. And then, obviously, James Bucknight. Did that you say his name? I have no idea. I, I, just know, I just know he's a hooper. That's all I he's know. He's a hooper. He's a, he's a hooper hooper. But, I I mean, Maryland has experience with their backcourt of Wiggins. And, I like yeah, him. But uh, I just think UConn's just going to come on top because they – their defense and the Hooper Hooper that they got. Yeah. Uh, I mean, both, when you look at these teams, they're two of the slower tempos in the country. They're both um, above 300. And I think there definitely is some talent experience for Maryland. Uh, they have Aaron Wiggins and uh, they, a defensive player of the year in the big 10, uh, Daryl Morrisell, but they're just, they, Maryland's been up and down they're in this tournament. I feel like it's one of those, if it's a case where they really weren't necessarily that good this year. It's just, you know, I mean, they went 16 and 13 in the big 10. So that's what will get it done in the big 10, but I don't think there's anything overly special about Maryland. I don't know if they have the consistency. Uh, meanwhile, UConn, when, when they have James Bonite, you know, boss, the Hooper, when they, yeah. they, got, when they got their Hooper, um, <laughs> They are a hard team to beat, uh, coached by brother of at least now ASU coach Bobby Hurley, Danny Hurley. Um, I'm I'm all UConn in this one. I think they move on. Yeah. And then we got the two versus 15. Uh, this was a fun matchup. You got the Alabama Crimson Tide, SEC regular season and tournament champs 
versus Rick Patino and Iona. Yeah, no. <laughs> Not go Rick Patino and Iona. I gotta go with, you know, my twin Herb Jones. Your man Herb Jones. <laughs> I gotta go with him and I just think Alabama was just too much for Iona. I mean, it's gonna be a cool story to see Rick Patino back in March Madness, but it, it's only gonna round for, it's only gonna last for one round. Yeah, I mean Alabama they play at as high of a pace as any team in the oh, country. Yeah. I think top ten. Uh, and they're, I mean, you know, they're good on both sides. If you look at uh, Kempom, they, uh, you know, they're 34th in offense. They're, you know, they aren't overly crazy in terms of efficiency, but they're the number two defense in the country. Uh, Herb Jones, he won SEC player of the year, SEC defensive player of the year. Uh, you know, similar, some have, have compared him to Oklahoma baller Trent Sweeney. I think, uh, I think they take care of Iona. I think the storyline um, is more, you know, heaped upon than what the game will actually be. Right Definitely right. Bama to round of 32. Okay, so we got uh, back to the round of 32 at the top. I have Michigan and uh, the Bonnies of St. Bonaventure, but you have LSU, yeah? Yes, I do have LSU. Trina Wofford. Tell me, tell me, Trent Sweeney, how that game will go right now. Uh, Turn in Watford. I got LSU on top. Like riding my boys down in the, the bayou, bayou, whatever it's called. <laughs> but I just think they're going to take down Juwan Howard and just, they just think LSU is too much firepower. Without livers, I just, livers, I do, my pronunciation's messed up today. It's always messed up. But I just think that just scares me. And I think LSU just has too much momentum and firepower to lose this game. But you may disagree. Well, as evidenced by LSU not being here, I quite <laughs> cannot agree with you. Um, <laughs> I think St. Bonaventure is a weird matchup for Michigan because, I mean, look, St. Bonaventure, like I said, they mainly run five with like maybe two guys off the bench. So that they're going to really need to be efficient. I don't I don't know if I can really count on a mid-major who run who only has five guys they don't have like a you know a spark plug bench bench squad kind of guy um if I really trust them to take down. Look, Michigan without Isaiah Livers, that's definitely a hard loss. Um but they still have plenty of hoopers. They still got the hooperest hooper Hunter Dickinson. They got yeah. short King Mike Smith. Um, I still think there's a lot to like about Michigan. I don't quite have the confidence in the Bonnies. Love the Bonnies. I've made that very clear and taken them over LSU. But uh, I think Michigan moves on. Yeah, but the Bonnies are LSU. Bonnies are no LSU. <laughs> the Bonnies play some defense. So we said what? LSU was 125 in defense. Let's find. Uh, where the Bonnies are, where St. Bonaventure. Uh, let's see. St. Bonaventure. St. Bonaventure, in term, fun fact, St. Bonaventure is ranked higher in Ken Palm by four spots than LSU. St. Bonaventure, 38 in adjusted offense and 17 in adjusted defense. That's only about a Hundred, you know, hundred plus difference in their adjusted defense. Yeah, but do they have Trinidad Watford? 
I don't know, but the red the, 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 the red shirt podcast uh, encourages defense, is what I will say. Are we gonna ban the word Trinidad Watford from this podcast after this? It might have to be it might have to be censored in post editing. Um, back to the bracket. Um, I have Colorado, Florida State. You have Georgetown, Florida State, correct? Yeah, I do have Georgetown, Florida State, but I do not have Georgetown getting past Florida State. I just think they're well coached and no hate towards Patrick Ewing because I don't want to scare him because he's a scary man. But no hate towards him. I just think Florida State has too much firepower with Scotty Lewis and Raekwon Gray, who averages pretty much two offensive boards a game, which is which five LSU players are pretty much average up two offensive board LSU FSU players average two boards a game. I just think that's just too much for Georgetown to handle. Yeah, um, obviously, you know, back back the pack, love love the Pac-12. But Florida State, I think, I mean, if not for the fact that I think they are just obligated to play Michigan every single year in March Madness, I think um, they can take care of business against Colorado. Um, Colorado, I'm not – you know, I love McKinley, right? But I don't, I'm not necessarily big on their wings being able to stop the length of Florida State. So I have the Seminoles moving on. And then uh, we're, I think we're different on this one as well. I have a MSU in Texas. You have BYU in Texas. I do have BYU in Texas, but I think BYU would come out strong in this game. I think they will come out ahead at the end of the first half. Don't be surprised that happens. But I'm going to go with Texas and Matt Coleman. I think Matt Coleman is going to be an X factor in this game. If he goes for 30, do not be surprised. I just think Houston, I say Houston, Texas just it's too good for them. Yeah, I mean, I think Texas, they're, they're pretty deep in terms of guys that can hurt you. Matt Coleman, uh, was it was it the game against Oklahoma State that he went crazy? Or am I thinking yes, of it? Was, it yeah, I, it was. Thirty buck right up along Cade Cunningham and their victory. Um, obviously, uh, I said this earlier. Absolutely love Jericho Sims, my new favorite player in college basketball. Fun name. What's not to love about a guy named Jericho? Uh, but you got Matt Coleman. You have Andrew Jones. I think you know they just have a lot of guys that can hurt you. Um, Michigan State riding the wave of that first four and uh, win over BYU. I think it comes to an end. I think uh, Texas is just deep and better. So I have the Longhorns moving on as well. Pat Coleman's like 27 too. Is he? I think he's like 24, but he's, he's up there. Yeah, I mean, and who's to say? I mean, he's going to have another year eligibility. Maybe he'll come back and be 25. <laughs> crazy <laughs> <laughs> okay and then at the bottom of this bracket i think you and i actually do have the same we both have yukon and alabama if i'm correct yeah you want to go first talk about your team first you know i'll go first that's very kind of mm-hmm. you sweeney i think uh look i have alabama i will say that i think that sure? i i do have alabama and i'm <laughs> fairly I, i'm not fairly certain but i'm fa- i'm fairly sure that that is who i am taking um I, there's, you know, there's, there's a reason that uh, people are hyping up this UConn team. I think there's a lot to like about it. I think when you have in a, a fun guy like James 
Bonite. We're calling him Bonite. Um, we'll just call him a Hooper. In the he scored. <laughs> let's see, twenty. He, he scored twenty or more points in three of the past four games. I, I you know I can understand the comparisons to uh, Kemba Walker kind of thing. And th- look, they're a good defensive team, but I just I don't think I don't. I mean, they're not a better team than Alabama, and I think Alabama, um, if they really go cold from deep, you could see uh, an upset from UConn. But Alabama, they push the tempo, um, and they play phenomenal defense. If there's anyone that is going to be able to, you know, stop a guy like Bonite, it is none other than the Trent Sweeney himself, Herb Jones. I think you need John Petty and Jaden Shackelford to be shooting well. I think if they're off, that really opens the window for Connecticut. But I do have Alabama advancing. Do you know what happened last time UConn was a seven seed? I do know what happened. But <laughs> you care, care to inform? Care to inform the podcast? Uh, they won the Natty. <laughs> but I am not going UConn. I think that Alabama, they're going to literally run UConn out of the gym. They're yeah, just, I, I think their, their speed, their pace. And then Herb Jones is going to lock up James Hooper. That's what I think. Uh, <laughs> the, I mean, look, Alabama's ninth in tempo yeah. while UConn is sitting at 301. So I think that's definitely – I mean, look, tempo's not everything. You can win with a slow tempo, but that means they're going to have to, you know, get hot early and keep it, and I'm not – I want to see Alabama and Virginia play. Yeah. That uh, <laughs> talk about contrasting styles. They have to make a bracket where they play in the final. Yeah, four. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, the, I mean, yeah, make a matchup in the final four. Who's to say? Well, I suppose not you. Virginia's one and done. But uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, we got Sweet Sixteen. Uh, I got Michigan, Florida State. You have that team from Louisiana. <laughs> Yeah, I do, but I'm not going with that team from Louisiana. I'm going with Florida State. I I hate to say it. They're they're my boys, but I just think FSU will tear apart Florida. I mean, not, yeah, FSU will tear apart LSU's defense. I just think they're going to do some things I cannot say to their defense and then just run away. I think this game will be – I mean, it could be close than some people expect because – LSU just keeps games close, but I just think Florida State's going to win this game. Yeah, um, so I got the Florida State-Michigan yearly matchup. I think this is the matchup where Michigan is really hurt by the loss of Isaiah Livers because, like I say, Florida State, they are deep and, and they are across the board, a super lanky team. That you know, that's kind of the role that you want um, from Isaiah Livers. So I think you can see, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a big game, uh, you know, from really any guy, you know, any guy on Florida State. Michigan plays uh, fairly good defense, but you have, M- you know, MJ Walker. He's he's six five. Uh, you got uh, Gray. He's six eight. You see that? Those are the kind of guys, um, as well as like I, I don't know, I don't know if I mentioned it this round, but Scotty Barnes. All of those guys. Um, that's off the wing. That's where Michigan's going to be hurt without Isaiah Livers. Do I think they can still win without him? Yeah, but not having seen them play these prior two games or, you know, one, yeah, without having seen them play these two games, <laughs> kind of hard to gauge what they'll actually look like. 
Uh, and when you when you break it down, Kempom, Michigan, uh, you know, they're top 10 in both uh, offense and defense. And then you look at Florida State, they're 10th in offense, but 48th in defense. The thing about that defense in this matchup is Michigan not having, you know, their stalwart on the wing. So I think Florida State's going to have that size across the board that's really going to benefit them. So I will be taking Florida State to get revenge because I feel like every year when they do play, Michigan finds a way to win. So I have Florida State yeah. going to the Elite Eight. And then uh, both of us have Texas, Alabama, yeah? Yep, you can go first because it's your team. You're so kind, <laughs> so, so kind. So I already kind of went a little bit into Alabama uh, and we went a little bit into Texas as well. Alabama, I mean, both of these teams are super well-rounded and have a number of guys that can get it done. I think for Alabama, one of the keys is going to uh, be Jordan Bruner. They're not one of the, you know, they're not a super big team, but Bruner uh, transferred from, I believe, Yale this past year. Um, he's been banged up at times. He's 6'10", though. He's the one playing on the inside. They're going to need him uh, to get it done inside, you know, Jericho Sims, my favorite, you know, my favorite player versus my favorite team in the tournament. Definitely uh, tough. One one guy I haven't mentioned yet who he's been com- coming off the bench, but he's second scoring for the team. None other than Javon Quinterly. Uh, washed out a little bit at Villanova. He's found his groove in this Nate Oates offense. I think uh, he's shooting 44% from three. He's been really good. Key, key piece of this team. Uh, and they, NATO gets them to play defense. That's the thing. It's not, uh, they have a number of, you know, they shoot well, uh, whether it be, you know, Primo, Petty, Quinterly, Shackleford, albeit, you know, sometimes up and down. But this Alabama team, they play defense of, you know, a couple turnovers. That's all it takes to get Alabama on this run. And speaking of runs, I think at some point, at one time or another, I don't know what game it'll be, Alabama's going to be down by maybe double digits and you're going to count them out. And they're going to come back because that they pay at such they play at such a frenetic pace um, that they're that they're never out of the game until it's over. So with all that homerism on Alabama, I am indeed taking the Crimson Tide. And uh, I am going to take the Crimson Tide as well because I cannot take Texas past this because I am a Texas hate page, Texas hate page myself. <laughs> just just if you ask me about Texas, I'll tell you tell you I hate them. So. Going against Texas, but I mean they're a very talented team. But I just think they will come on top. They're just too good of a team. You we talked enough about Bama. You're a Bama fan. You know everything about them. I just think the guard play will lock up because I mean Texas's strength is their guard play, and Herb Jones is going to lock up someone, one of them. Yeah. And that's about all I got. <laughs> Yeah, so then we got for the Elite Eight in here, uh, what we both have, or we don't have the same. You have... We do do have the same. We do, we do, we do. Florida State and Alabama, yeah? Yes. Sorry, I was confused. Your level of LSU. (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll let you you take this one, Trent. You want me to go first on this one? Go first. I would love to hear you. Well, I... I was really wanting to go Florida State just because I it's Florida State. They'll, they find a way to do big things in March. But I 
just think Nate Oates, Nate Oates' squad is going to come up, come on, come on top of this one. I mean, the defense for FSU is going to be a big part of this game. I think Alabama will run FSU out of the gym, literally again. I love the way you think, Trent Sweeney. Um, I think it'll be a good game. I think Alabama, they're going to have to, um, you know, I, I said last game, it's uh, John Petty, he's he's a senior. He's, it's crazy. He played with Colin Sexton uh, when they were freshmen. He's still here. Colin Sexton living it up in the NBA. They need they need him to play well because when he plays well, they can they can play with any team in the country. I mean, they're here in the Elite Eight. So I, I think look, Alabama has that uh tough defense. I think we saw Florida State struggle with some turnovers um and some good defense when they played Georgia Tech in the ACC championship game. This one, I think I think it'll be a good game. I think I think it'll come down to the wire. But Alabama's just shown themselves to be a phenomenal team in crunch time. Uh, so I'm I'm taking Alabama to win the region. I am. Both got the same thing. Is uh, Primo back? He playing? I, I haven't heard an official update on Primo. It sounded – I think he sprained his ankle, so I would expect him to be back. But I don't think there um, is anything official. Sorry about that. Um, Tough. Uh, I, yeah, we'll, we'll hear about Primo. Uh, I'm not sure though. I'm not, if, if I, if I see something, I will definitely let you know, but I think Primo would be very helpful to the run, but with or without, I think Alabama can get it done. Yeah. So that was the, uh, East region. You want to move on? We want to go West or, uh, we already did West South. Uh, yeah. Start from the top. All right, so this was part one of our breakdown of the NCAA men's tournament. Uh, directly right after this one, tune in. We have uh, the other two regions break down the final four, and we crown our champions. Obviously, went super long. Want to break it up into multiple parts. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. As always, uh, the blog, the redshirt.blog. Instagram at the dot red shirt, the Twitter at the red shirt blog. Uh, make sure you're tuned in. All those places should link should be in description there. Uh, we'll see you guys for part two.